Now, Overnight Scope NRL is back, of course. Uh, the All-Stars match. The Indigenous All-Stars 22 defeat the Maori All-Stars 14. Uh, a couple of cars, uh, tries for Addo Carr. Yep. Uh, this is the first time the Indigenous All-Stars have won back-to-back All-Star matches. Yeah, it's always super competitive. Uh, the Fox ruined my multi as well because I was hoping Carm Pereira was going to be on the left. Did so they had, switch them, did uh, they? I, I, had him, I had him in my, in my multi, but uh, Seniority, they both play left for, uh, for club. Seniority got the best of them, but I thought because Fox has played right for Origin, yes. that they might be. he might have played over on the right. Would that have been... Camperera still got one at the death anyway off Nico Hines. Beautiful little cutout ball. Would that have... Oh, maybe Stag slows it down a bit. I was going to say, is that the fastest back line ever? When you, or back four, when you go Camperera, Fox, Hammer... And Stag, Stag slows it down a little bit, I guess. You know who would give him a good run for their money? Who? Manly backline. Yeah, cooler Saab, just Garrick, Collar and Saab. Yeah, Garrick's no slow. Uh, He's so pretty quick, Gary. Saab would be, I reckon Saab would be maybe five meters in front of all of them. Yeah, right. Over a hundred. Next best, a toss up for me between Hammer and Cam Pereira. Mm-hmm. Fox. I think Calder would be very close to them, them two as well. Yeah, Fox is unbelievably quick over forty. I don't think yeah. he has the same hundred meter speed as yeah. the others, uh, but he would still be thereabouts. Uh, what do you got, Garrick? And who's the new winger? Oh, Jackson Paulo uh, mm. would probably be the new winger because you wouldn't want to go Tommy Talao for the other option for Manly. Uh, <laughs> you you want to go Jackson Paulo, so that'd be a good race. Manly's definitely got the uh, the fastest back yeah. in the comp. Yeah. Uh, hey, good crowd last night. 15,000 up there in Townsville. Uh, Braden Trindle awarded the Preston Campbell medal. As you said, a stop-start game. The Maori All-Stars, 12 errors, which hurt them a little bit. But what did you make of the game? Yeah, good game. Considering the conditions, uh, I thought it was an unbelievable effort from the Indigenous in particular to defend their line for long periods. Uh, they played the game... It was... Defensively, they played the game quite smart. Uh, they understood that at the end of the day, uh, it's a game for celebrating both both cultures, but it's yep. essentially a trial exhibition match, right? Mm. Um, so the referees was Todd Smith. I believe, yeah, Todd Smith. I, did, I, I don't believe they'd be going in that game going, let's, let's referee this game super strict. Let's let them, you know, play a little bit of footy. Probably, you know, don't get on them too much. There's a fair few six, six agains. Yep. And, and I felt like that was clearly a tactic from the Indigenous, which was, mm-hmm. it worked a treat. Uh, because they did that, uh, the Warriors would, uh, the, not the Warriors, the New Zealand Māori were unable to build any sort of momentum once they had all this good ball. And the Indigenous guys, players just kept on shooting in. Big shout out to Braden Trindle. You mentioned him. Uh, I've got my question marks on the Sharks this year. Mm. But if he can play that sort of footy, and take some pressure off Nico, then I could go away from from this season with a bit of egg on my face. And, and was that a that bit of the difference in this game? That that was really the only club combination um, in the spine for either side. Is that what made the difference? I, I feel like a big difference is not having an out-and-out fullback as well. So when they had yeah. all that possession, Jesse Arthurs, uh, he's a good winger, he's a good rugby league player, but was just unable to finish off some of the shape that an out-and-out fullback probably would have found a way to not necessarily score every play, but maybe mm. roll one in, cause a few more headaches. The Indigenous played a very compressed line. They put a lot of pressure on, and 
they were forcing the New Zealand Maldi to try go around them. Yep. And then because with that speed that they've got in the back line, they were able to scramble really quickly and, and make up for potentially a bad read and, and, and get back there and stop the New Zealand Maldi. But can't take nothing away from the Indigenous. They were a class above. Yep. Some really good performances. Uh, Eel Muzz mentioned Jermaine Hopgood before. I thought Braden Trindle, not only with the ball physically, he looked really up for it. Josh Kerr always seems to play his best game of the year uh, for this Indigenous game. This is his sixth time in a row now. And and Trell, without being Trell met of, you know, the expectations that we had, he was still silky. Uh, I think there was one period in the first half where he just threw a big 30, 40-metre cutout on play one from dummy half. Mm. Just it got Katoni Staggs on the front foot and then they were able to build some momentum off that. Only Trell can do that and get away with it. How do they... So that this was a star-studded uh, affair from both sides, but still big names missing. Is there any way to entice the players more? Could we put up prize money? Could we do something to try and stack this game a little bit more? Nah, nah, nah. Too much of an injury risk or...? No, it's just everyone's just going to play this game based off their own personal situation. Yeah, and that could be that could mean a number of things. The, you've got uh, guys who could represent both cultures. Uh, you've seen Dane Gay guy playing for the yeah, New Zealand Maori last night. He's of Aboriginal descent and he's of New Zealand Maori descent. Okay, it's an exhibition game at the start of the year in a trial. Uh, there's no allegiances that have to be made uh, going into it. He would have been approached, I dare say, from both of the coaches, represented mm. the Indigenous. Uh, it actually happened in the women's game as well. The the game before, Olivia Koenig played for the New Zealand Maldi last year, but she's also of Aboriginal uh, heritage. So she played for the Indigenous team uh, yesterday. Um, I'm all for it. I, uh, I played in 2010. I was lucky enough to play with a teammate of mine at the time at Parramatta Eels, Tamana Tahu. Yep. He played for New South Wales. Uh, Australia represented Australia. He never got that opportunity to represent the other side of his family, which yeah. was the New Zealand Maldi, we played in an exhibition warm-up game against England, and Tamana was our was our left centre. So that was, nice. you know, like a, a scary cool. man. Tamana. Tamana was so good to play with. Yeah, he hey, was class. Uh, he spoke about Latrell during the game. Um, didn't reach the the heights that he can, but very solid. Here's what Latrell Mitchell had to say after the match. Of course, mate. This is a platform for people that aren't or even considered in NRL, um, you know, development squads, whatever. But um, this is a great game for our development of our boys in their cultural experience and also their footy. And I hope that teams and NRL teams and uh, the programs there, and they can see that they're putting effort in, they can see they're, they're, they're there to play. So I think, you know, for anyone on both sides of the ball, um, you know, if, I'm pretty sure they've played their way into a team and I hope that, um, you know, Team see that in NRL programs and um, definitely top 30 spots are short. You know, that's this is what the game's for. So, you know, you had Joshy Kerr for a great example, Shaq Mitchell, look at him now, you know. So, there's, a, there's definitely a, you know, a pathway there. So, I think, you know, put more, uh, get NRL to put more into this and um, develop this game and, and make it what it is and make our community stronger. Um, we'll go a long way to developing better players and, and making this game stronger for the future. Talking about unearthing new stars, JJ has texted us through 0457736736 is our number. He said, hey, lads, love the show. I think the Broncos have found their Flegler replacement. How good does Xavier Willison look, Scope? Yeah, love him. Being a big, 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 big. big Xavier Willison fan for a minute. So he actually debuted a couple of years ago. and He hit my radar a couple of years ago. He only played a couple of games. He come off the bench. You, you imagine seeing him now, he was... 
as raw as anything, mm. he actually did his ACL in his second or third game oh, NRL right. coming off yep. the bench, yep. which delayed his progression last year. Mm. Took him a little bit longer to get uh, in the mix. He ended up playing some games during the origin period when Payne Haas was mi- missing mm. uh, and played really well, specifically against your Bulldogs, actually at Belmore uh, Missile. But he's a real player of the future. Um, yeah, the Broncos are going to miss Tom Flegler. Tom Flegler is an international player now and establishes himself as one of the premier front rollers. But what he does do is he leaves a spot open up the Brisbane Broncos. There are a couple of players competing for that spot because yeah. also, and the real underrated player, Keenan Palacio, who played last night as also well, left. Yeah. he's also moved to the Titans. Mm. Uh, and I I think Xavier Willison is going to be primed to maybe start on the bench to begin with. Uh, you've got probably more established players up there in Corey Jensen, Fletcher Baker mm. comes up from the Roosters. He might take some sting out of the game. But I think Xavier, Xavier Willison's got a huge future in the game. Uh, Marcus texts us in and said, do you think the Sharks will be better off with Trindle and Hines there all year, barring injury, without the third wheel trying to fit into the team in Matt Moylan? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so we'll have had a full preseason with no... Uh, no doubts over who's playing in the halves. Yeah. Uh, like I always refer to my co-host at Levels Network, Willie Mason loves the iron sharpens iron, right? But at some at some point, they had to make a decision on who the long-term six was going to be. And they've had Braden Trindle in the system for a while now. He's really showed glimpses. He hasn't been able to be consistent with a guy like Moiser either starting over him or at least being in the squad, putting pressure on a on a player like Braden Trindle to perform week in, week out. Uh, I think Braden Trindle's in for a big season uh, based off the way that he started last night. And he could be that missing piece of whenever I watch the Sharks, I'm always like, is it, there's something just a, a bit missing. And, and, mm. and watching Trindle last night, I was thinking to myself, they can't be so Nico Hines reliant. And, and what I mean by that, it's not necessarily about Nico Hines being on the ball 80, 70%, 80% of the time and, and controlling the team because he, he 100% needs to do that mm. a la Nathan Cleary for Penrith Panthers Adam Reynolds for the Broncos that's his role but you just need a player like Braden Trindle to chip in every now and again I thought early on the game even though um, I thought he really helped the Indigenous team build some pressure had some really nice um, soft kicks into the in goal line put some pressure on uh, just plays like that are going to be vital for Nico Hines taking some pressure off Nico and uh, yeah Sharks because across the board Sharks have got a, a strong lineup. They just don't really have any out and out stars outside yeah. of Nico. I always look at it like they've got heaps of seven out of tens. Yeah. Yep. And I, I mean, barring looks obviously with Nico as a 10, <laughs> <laughs> but, but heaps of seven out of tens and Nico is probably the one X factor player. Yep. Maybe they need a sprinkling more, but if Trindle plays like last night, he is another X factor player. For sure. And, and like I said, he just needs to take a little bit of pressure off uh, Nico, come up with a couple of plays a game, uh, whether that's, uh, but I thought physically, defensively was probably where he stood out, and, mm. and that's what probably won him the medal because he was shooting from uh, we call it three man, the third man in from the sideline, and put some pressure on the back rows. I think uh, Britton Nicola, his uh, Sharks teammate, was that on on that edge, and yeah. and I dare say he would have known going into the game, Nicola would have made a point to sort of get in and around him, and he and he took that option away by getting up in front of Nicola before he could get going. Interesting season ahead for the Sharks. Uh, That's the All-Stars game review. Heaps more NRL to talk about. After the break, we're going to go through the NRL Week in Review. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. 
Big week in the NRL scope. Uh, let's start off in Newcastle. They've re-signed Bradman Best for the three seasons till the end of 2027. Great signing for both player and club. I can't imagine him playing anywhere else, Bradman. Nah, he just suits the Knights. He's a Central Coast junior, Bradman Best. So they've obviously been working on this for a while. Uh, Gibbo, can you, do you know the figures for this contract as well to see what uh, Bradman Best ended up getting? Because I know it was roughly around the 700, 800 yeah. they were talking. 750, 800,000 a year, which is huge numbers. But saying what he did last year, what do you think? As a center, do, yeah. do you pay a center 800 grand, Scope? And not, nothing against Bradman Best, but just that's just not a position I'd be paying overs for. And uh, not as not as not in saying that uh, Bradman Best is on overs, because I think that's about his value. He's, you know, Bradman. proved it. Yeah. yeah, he proved it in Origin last year that he's going to be a big part of that scene for a while now because there were expectations on him early, right? Mm. Everyone was touting him an Origin player. He lived up to it last year. It's about right. Uh, but I don't know, man. I just really struggle to pay a center or back row really big money like that. Well, what about Joey Manu? Joey Manu, the Dragons were what paying him potentially 1.2 mil. Yeah, but Roosters, I think they were yeah. going to pay him as a fullback. Yeah, if I was paying for Joey Manu, he's playing fullback for me from the mm. Dragons. Again, for the Roosters, these must be the conversations that they're having internally about the amount of money that they can spend on Joey Manu for as good as a servant he's been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, they're at a crossroads. Like, I yeah. like them this year, but there are a lot of players getting a little bit older mm. and, and how much money they can put into their cap. And if they do indeed pay Joey, it would have to be with the long-term as, vision of potentially playing fullback. As a, as a quick side note here, boys, the Roosters play round zero. There's a player to miss out whether or not that's Billy Smith, Daniel Tupo, which way are you leaning scope? Yeah, do you see uh, the Roosters are stacked in this man again in this manly trial? But one thing I noticed was they played Joseph Manu as 18th man, which is smart. So what Robbo's, I think it's it's true. It's a true competition for spots. Mm. I think all four guys are competing for spots outside of Joseph Manu. Um, so you've got. Uh, Dom Young and Toops on the wing, Daniel Tupo, and then you've got Joseph Swali and Billy Smith in the centres. I think they're going to get the first 40 to 60 minutes because Joseph Manu's clearly playing uh, right centre for the Roosters, and then it's up to the other four to compete. Even the experienced Daniel Tupo, I think, is has got a real, um, a real fight on his hands to compete with Dom Young and Joseph Swali for that other wing spot if Billy Smith is able to continue his good form from last year in that left centre position. Well, he just re-signed for three years as well. So obviously they're backing him him in. Uh, Just on other signing news, uh, Luciano Leilua has requested an immediate release from the Cowboys. Uh, He's met with the Dragons. The figures being thrown around around scope are 900,000 a year for four years. Wow. Uh, Luciano. Luciano? Luciano. Yeah, I like him. Is there... Unrest at the Cowboys, or do you think he's just looking to secure his future beyond this year? Yeah, no, I think this is just a byproduct of the Cowboys having a couple of young tearaways coming off contract. Yeah. And then you've got Hylam Lukey. Uh, he is definitely in the sights of Billy Slater and the Queensland team. He was a part of their emerging squad, the is 35. He? Yeah, he was a part of their 35 man squad for Queensland. Didn't Joey Leilua play for New South Wales? 
Joseph did. Joseph Lelor did. Yeah. But I'm talking about Hylam Lukey. Oh, Hylam, sorry. Not, 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 not Luciano. Luciano. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Hylam Lukey's a part of the squad. And then they've got, they've got the young Terraway, Kuli Kefu Finuaki. It's funny because both the Dragons have been linked to both of those young Terraways as well who are off contract mm. right now mm. in the, for 2025. Um, they're, they're actually free to negotiate. So this could be... Uh, playing out in pre-season where potentially Highland Lukey is in a less – he's been playing a lot because this is how you figure things out without being told. Mm. Uh, there could be communication directly from the coach to Luciano. Hey, we've got some young young players. We really want to hold on to them. They'll be playing over you. Or it could just be happening at training where if he's uh, requested an immediate release, mm. then maybe throughout the pre-season they've had Jeremiah Nanai who's going to be a lock for that right back row position – and Hylam Lukey has been lining up in the left edge back row position, swapping in and out with Fine Fuiaki. And so then that's, a, that's a way as a veteran, sometimes you get the picture without having to be, even been told. An update on this story as well. Uh, the Raiders have entered the race for Luciano as well. Some saying in the media this morning that they are potentially favourites now oh, wow. to snare him from the Dragons, which would be... A big miss for the Dragons, but honestly, if it's 900k a year, I think the Dragons would be better served keeping their powder dry and going for a slightly bigger name. 900k for Luciano is is a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. Same thing with the Bradman Best. And when I look at priority positions, second row and and centers aren't it. Then you've got to take in. I said well, one factor. I suppose you've got to take in with Luciano is he's very well respected in the playing group. I know that for right. sure. Um, He's worked really hard on his game. You remember when he came in? He was about 125 yeah, kilos. Yeah, he's a bit he's, sloppy. He's worked so hard at getting his body in really good shape. Um, been around him enough to know that uh, he's you know well respected within the playing group at both the Cowboys and he was at the Tigers. Um, yep. He was a great servant there for the Tigers, but uh, he'd be a signing that I think the Dragons are looking for some seniority at that club mm. with a few younger guys and uh, and Benny Hunt, who you know obviously has his own situation going on there. So Luciano started his career at the Dragons. I could probably see. So he's gone. Did he go Dragons, Tigers, Cowboys, back to Dragons? Is that right? If, yeah. If he does indeed go back to the Dragons. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Do you think Luciano Lelua is worth nine hundred thousand a season? Uh, and Dragons fans, Raiders fans, do you want him at that price? Tavita Pengai Jr. has signed with the South Logan Magpies. Uh, that's under Carmichael Hunt. He's the coach of the, the Magpies. Uh, looks like this is a bit of a pathway back to the NRL through the Broncos, obviously. What are we? Four, three, four months after he came out and said, you know, he never wanted to play rugby league, doesn't like it, hates being told what to do by halfbacks. I know all of that might have been part promotion for his boxing, but... But he's got to then line up with a halfback and a bunch of people playing rugby league again. Yeah. How does that leave other players feeling? Uh, yeah, players don't look too much into they it. They don't to look into fair. it? Yeah, yeah. okay. It, you, you said it yourself. It was about promoting the fight and getting everyone interested in the fight to potentially see him. You know, the, we talked about it before when we are talking about the USC and the, and the boxing. You've got Whatever. to promote it. Yeah. You, you promote the fights. You get people in, interested in probably the best fighters or the most entertaining fighters are generally fighters that you want to see get knocked out. True. And when you come out and and, and say things like that, Tavita was definitely, I feel like he was playing the game. There would have been a hint of truth to it. Like yeah. There would have been frustration at the way things were going at the dogs with the lack of an out-and-out 
playmaker mm. to actually get him around. But um, when you talk about potentially the caliber of halfback that he's going to be playing for at the Broncos, he's a pretty good one. Yeah. And uh, I dare say if if the little angry angry man Adam Reynolds tells him where to go on the footy field, he's going to listen or he might get the Paddy Carrigan service. Yeah, well, I was about to say, I, I saw... Adam Reynolds wristhole the front rower this week. So <laughs> <laughs> if if you talk smack to Adam Reynolds, he'll put you down like he put Carrigan down yeah. <laughs> on the street or in the change rooms. Uh, hey, David Nofaluma has signed with the Salford Red Devils, which, you know, good for him. Off to the Super League. I don't love this one. So he's come out and, and taken a swipe at the Tigers after the fact. Some pretty scathing things said about his old club. It leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth for both fan and club. Uh, who he, he had such a great career there. Yeah. You think maybe sometimes just part ways and let bygones be bygones. Yeah, he was a great servant to the Tigers for a, awesome. long, a long time. Awesome player. He got messy the last two years, specifically probably the last six months. Really got carried away. Uh, he's off now. He goes over the like. Yeah, you probably don't want to hear it if you're a Tigers fans, but I I feel like the Tigers are quietly doing you know getting about their work yeah it's a bit of a blip and and you probably don't want to hear it but he heads off to Salford now so he's had his few cracks and he gets on the plane and gets out of here uh Tyrone Munro is out for two months with a shoulder injury uh he's going to join Whiten uh Campbell Graham both on the sidelines Whiten suspended Campbell Graham six months with the sternum and Cody Walker's racing the clock for round one so this could be quite a depleted Rabideau side that heads over to Vegas for round zero yeah, this is shaping as a, a really famous round zero victory for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, so many big... Hugh Jackman defeats Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, is it uh, Wolverine the... versus the Gladiator? Yeah. Uh, that's how it's been dubbed. And uh, yeah, they're, they're losing some troops. Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, obviously, Jack Whiten was always suspended, so they knew that was they were going to be without him. But once they lost Campbell Graham and the unease of having a guy like Cody Walker, even if he is right for round zero, he's probably not, not going to be a big 100%. part of their preparation. Yeah. Uh, and you worry about the risks of traveling with a soft tissue injury, going over there, potentially re-aggravating it and missing big chunks. Do they take that risk? So I really like Manly, uh, despite the bias. Another team that is struggling with injuries to start the season, the Gold Coast. It's been revealed that Fafida and Campbell aren't due back until at least round four or five. Uh, and Keno Kinney is, looks like he's going to start the year at fullback because they'd already committed to Brimson at centre, right? Yeah, so this is... When I first heard the news about Brimson moving to centre, uh, I anticipated this being a big part of the decision. And what I mean by that, he, I, I had no idea about Jaden Campbell's health and I don't know when he did get injured. But I, I think it was a genuine competition for from Des to find out who is going to become fullback rather than having that three-headed monster yeah. as a potential headache. I think he narrowed it down and said, look, we've got as good as AJ Brimson is as a fullback, he's probably the most versatile out of the three. Mm. Let's chuck him in at centers and let's have a look, good look at Keno Kinney and Jaden Campbell in these uh, preseason, in the offseason, and in the first couple of trials. And let's see who can distance themselves from each other because – been big raps on this Keno Kenny for a while. I'm I'm hiring him. I love Jaden Campbell as a player, but I sort of there's a part of me that thinks that think Keno Kenny guy. is could be the guy for them, uh, and he's going to get first crack. So let's see what he's got, mate. The Titans can score points, so you know regardless of who plays where. I think 
Scope, how does a team stop their second half fade outs like happened last year? The Dolphins game in particular, they were up by what, 30 points? They end up getting mown down. Being in a team, like in the leadership group, how are you changing that? Yeah, it's tough, mate. It doesn't happen overnight. It's yeah. you you need to do it through performances because you can when you go through something like that, there's only so much you can say. And actually the more you say, the worse it gets. Right. Because then people start zoning out. You start, you know, you have meetings, you have players only meetings, or you, you have defensive defensive structure meetings and 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 it's it's a hard thing. People talk about culture all the time, and this is a big part of it. When you build a culture where you know there's buy-in and you keep turning up for each other. Once you repeatedly see efforts on video doing review or preview, players not turning up, and it wasn't one person that was continually making mistakes. Cup, you know, this is this is what happens in really bad teams. One week it might be two or three guys. Mm. The next week it might be two or three other guys because they've watched video from the week before of another couple of guys not turning up, and then like, why, you know, why am I busting my ass? Yeah, and these others aren't so. They need, should fix that, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. You, you need you need four to five weeks of buying in and and uh, and really working hard for each other and showing examples in video of turning up for each other. And that's when you start to go, all right, I've got trust in Missile. I know he's going to be there on my left. Gibbo's going to be on my right. We're going to be sweet, specifically on edges, because that's that's so crucial. Like if you don't have a good, if you're not in sync with your edge in particular, because that's where they really struggled. They got they Tino and 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 some of the boys would be working really hard through the middle. And then they'll just go bang, bang, bang on the edge and, and get yeah. done. Like, it's the greatest comeback in NRL, I think, the NRL uh, era history uh, for, for a reason. And it was the Dolphins. It, was, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. even like it was the Penrith Panthers or, or mm. the Melbourne Storm or someone yeah. of note. Well, you, you were under Desi scope. Like, I miss Desi. I miss Desi. Desi. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you would have played with a lot with of guys TV. who were, yes. were under Desi. Yeah. Like, is, is he a defensive orientated coach? Yeah, he's well. He'll be really big on that. He's uh, um, f- from what the boys told me, physicality is really important. They would have done a whole heap of defense in the uh, in the off season. But Desi's the sort of guy to sort of build a team very similar to Sticky, where he it might not happen straight away, but he'll start figuring out players that are a part of that culture and a part of that identity that want to do the nitty gritty stuff. So you might not see results from day one from Des, but He's got a pretty good track record of building. Like you think back to that Bulldogs team, mm. that he built quickly, very quickly. He did it very quickly there at that Bulldogs team, but he turned that team into a very stingy team. They had a, yeah. a very uh, uh, specific style of play yep. as well. They like to play through the middle. He was almost the the OG of starting that shape with James Graham playing with the. You two guys middles. had a really good uh, rivalry with the Bulldogs there at that yeah. point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He, Around um, 2013, 2014, there was some. Pretty fiery clashes there at Brookie. A lot of animosity uh, was it, yeah. from not only like the boys were pretty filthy. Yeah. In, initially on 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 Desi moving on. Uh, by the time I'd got there, because you remember he moved in 2012. I got there in 2013. Um, yeah, there was a big rivalry and uh, good games back then. Yeah, really good games. We had some really good games against them, and they'll you know ultra competitive. We make the grand final 13. They make the grand final 12. We both lose, but we're both yeah. there. So. Um, yeah, Desi will bring out the best of him, and I, was, you know, I'm still really close with Kieran Foran. Uh, good, yep. ma- he's a good mate of mine, and I had a chat to him before Des had got there. I think, you know, um, in the break of the off season, yep. and he said he would just be really good specifically for the young kids who don't mm. know. Uh, they said, you know, Kieran talked about Justin Holbrook in that he's a really good 
the technical side of the game. Justin Holbrook was really good and, and attacked, but he was a really good bloke and he felt like some of the young boys might have taken advantage of that at times. Okay. Um, so uh, they won't be able to take advantage of Des. Oh, no. Sure. Oh, no. The whispering. <laughs> when he whispers, it's a scary yeah. man. Yeah. Scary man. Hey, uh, let's get your reaction to all the week in review uh, NRL news. 0457736736 to come on and have your say. We've got a heap of text messages there in reaction to that news. So let's get to all of those straight after the news.